Welcome back to um, Chaos Movies in the year 2021. I hope everyone had a great uh, New Year's Eve celebrations. I know I did. Um, haven't slept yet. Went to the gym, keep myself occupied because so much was going on and I was just like, there's no point sleeping during the day. I've got uh, too much stuff to do and, and uh, you know, I, I just basically rode the couch in the afternoon and started watching um, – Green Book, and hence me jumping back and bashing your ears with my voice on the microphone so close to the last one. Um, I'm going to spend a lot of time talking about characters um, or the actors in this movie. I love this movie, not because it's nominations and Oscar awards and whatnot. I mean, that does help push the... Um, push this movie out into the open, right? When you keep hearing about it, like Moonlight and Green Book and um, La La Land, you know, when they all when they all these movies get nominations, of course, people are just watch them just because. Well, off, obviously, if the Hollywood Foreign Press thinks they're good, then you know, must be worth a watch. But I, I, I love the actors, right? So Viggo Mortensen. Um, He's an, he is one hell of an interesting person, human being in real life. I did some research and I swear to God, if you just want to just learn things randomly about people, I mean, for me, I love just understanding why someone is the way they is, especially on film and, and why they put up such good performances. It sort of it speaks, it speaks to their, their nature of what they are in real life. So you could basically say Vigo has been everywhere. He's born in New York. American and um, he's lived in Denmark and I mean I, I, I couldn't write it down there was so much I was I was trying to just crush it all in the dude is fluent in obviously English Spanish Danish French he's almost but not completely fluent in Catalan Swedish Norwegian and Arabic he is a jazz jazz musician he has three albums he has he has his own poetry book writes poetry he has a printing press company um i think it's called percival press um and he also what was that last thing oh he's a friggin' massive photographer and has shown a lot of his work in art museums and and whatever around the five boroughs i think and and overseas and whatnot so it's, it's like crazy right so for me when someone's got that amount of talent just in their, their everyday life that that means they're that's why it shows in their acting capabilities right because they're just there's so much spilling out of them into their performance and how they're able to do it so in this movie um it's you you'll see you'll see have a watch and i mean he had to gain a shitload of weight for this movie too because he's plays the character of a a uh middle-class uh, Italian-American mobster named Tony Lip um, or Tony Vetalonga is his name, which you'll find that they have problems with throughout the movie, um, that he, you know, about his name. So anyway, and then, of course, he's, um, his co-actor on, uh, on stage there is um, Mahashali Ali, who is rising fast. I mean, the dude is... I've seen him in everything from Hunger Games um, to Predators, or, um, Predators, I think it is, is where he plays the RUF Death Squad guy. He 
he's got a lot of beef on him in that movie, so it's, it's not really how you recognise him. Obviously, most notably for um, uh, uh, Moonlight, where he won Best Supporting or Best Breakout Performance, Best Supporting, I'm not sure, either way. So he's got two Oscars under his belt, right? And I think he's also Muslim as well. So that um, brings out the – I think he's the first ever um, – one other or just him, first ever Muslim to win an Oscar award for his um, performance in a, a supporting role. And um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's strange with this. He's got, a, he's got art degrees coming out the rear end. It's, he's got heaps, like three or four from different schools. And once again, I've watched his acting in his movies and he's just getting better as the time goes on. So he's becoming that new, fresh, um, in-demand, person that they want and watch this movie and you understand um so you know without going too deep into that there's not there's not many other big name actors in this movie i don't think they need it right because these two just dominate um it's about them uh it's got um a lot of racism in it it's obviously uh you know uh middle class Italian American, um, Italian American uh, kind of connections to the mobs, you know, tough guy, bouncer, security guard, you know, making ends meet and, and and all that kind of stuff. Support his family, lives in the Bronx, and it's just, you know, he's, he's battling right, and everything's a hustle. And of course, he picks up a driving job. Um, not that he wanted it by any means. He, you know, obviously he's got a bit of an attitude problem and um, an eating problem by the look of it. Uh, there's always getting always food getting consumed in this movie. It's hilarious, but he obviously picks up a job by an African American man uh, named Doctor Shirley, uh, Doctor Donald Shirley, who literally is the most prestigious um, jazz musician with classical touch, um, and he has this way. He has, just has this nature about him where everything is just spotless, clean. And, you know, it's in the 60s or 50s to the 60s and he decides that he wants to tour the South, the Deep South. And back in those days, well, the Deep South was just – there's a lot of real watcher. There's, you know, it's like the help. There's coloreds. They, they tour through, you know, Birmingham and Arkansas and um, places like that where he is 100% of the highest caliber and – the white people of these towns that he goes to that pays him to perform in his trio band for them so they can feel a little bit more cultured. I think that was one of the references in the movies. But soon as he's done, he's back to being basically black in the in the 50s and 60s. So he's treated with utmost respect and then he's not. So I think for me with this movie, I, I don't understand. I, I, it's hard. I don't understand why all that kind of stuff has to happen i grew up watching uh, movies and and knowing people and i just you know it never bothered me the like that um i love him i love i love all races i mean that's just the way i was raised i, I don't understand it so when you watch movies like the help and and green book and um remember, remember the titans you know those movies that really really hurts me because i just I just don't see it. I don't. I don't see the divide. But you know what? That's the way it was back then, and that's why they keep making movies like this, and they try to put the messages out there. But I get the feeling that um, the characters in this movie—it's a—it's a. I think it's like a refinement 
kind of thing. It's like they're refining their skills. They spend so much time together on the road driving to between the south and, you know, at first they're standoffish and he's arrogant and rude and pig, piggish kind of thing and um, swears a lot and, um, you know, doctor, which is a doctor of music and uh, psychology and whatnot is is heavily refined in his nature but he doesn't know anything about his people and that's what they go on about. So Viggo's character, um, Tony Lip, he knows more about, as he says in the movie, he knows more about Dr. Shirley's people than he does. And so, and yet he, he's not refined in his life and whatnot. So he starts to learn things from Dr. Shirley as well. So they, they, they sort of, play off each other and in their na- in, in their company they they learn and they they grow and they he gets to find out why they treat people the way they do and um especially down in the south and um you know it's it's as i said it's a, it's super hard for me to watch these movies and understand why that happened I, I just don't but you know what this movie sort of does a good job at teaching teaching us that um if you persevere enough or if we all get on the same page and whatnot, it's it sort of, you know, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of all that, but, you know, if we all, we're just, we're all human beings at the end of the day, really. I mean, it doesn't, that's, that's it. We're all human beings. We're all from the same planet. It's just, you know, as Joe Rogan would say, we're monkeys on a, we're, 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 we're human beings with chimp brains on a planet that's going out of control, spiraling after a shooting star going 60 million miles an hour and, space and universe so that's it that's what that's what we are so i think we just can do a little bit better than than um this kind of thing uh the divide as i would call it um so hey, the movie the movie's shot well it's got some beautiful scenery as they're driving the car is insane i love how you watch these movies and you've got to remember that the movie shot to make it look like the 1950s and 60s so they have to oh the shop fronts the the clothing even the cigarettes they're smoking um the cars the cop cars the police uniforms the jail cells all that it's just it's an amazing how the, the arts department and the and the teams behind the scenes can put together that kind of stuff just to because we just take it for granted right you watch a movie and it's like oh yeah it's in the 60s but really where are these cars hiding? Where is this set stuff going? Like where they build this stuff, where they get the, you know, that's that's the real keen stuff that I like knowing, just the fact that you, it can be so set in that time that you don't even realise that it's just, it's all, there's a lot of work being built in the background. And uh, they do a really good job at that. And obviously some of the bars they go to, it's pretty cool. Some of the, the old Alabama state houses and, uh, plantation houses or old plantation houses I'm, I'm not sure what they do with you know they they must turn them some of them still lived in or maybe they're museums i'm not sure um but when he plays in those places in those halls you know you can see the this the, the quality of the of the finishes you know the very 50s and 60s type thing so it's all been well maintained for this movie so i i think i just could not stop my heart was smiling at the end of this movie. I mean, it's not like the help or it's not like hidden figures or that type of thing. You know, you always get the tinglys at the end when you just see that uh, that people just get along. What I really enjoyed is watching the characters change throughout the movie because, as we said, 
he's disconnected from his people. He doesn't like hanging out and doesn't know much about their culture. He's done everything he possibly can to to try to be white, I guess you could say, and then try to stick it to the white people by playing their their white music with his touch on it. I mean, he's not, you know, and then of course, Vigo is this mob man who's just wants to be something else you can tell or he's got it in himself to be something better that's the thing he said his self-worth really grows or his values change throughout this movie and it's all because of his connection with um um dr donald shirley and um that's a beautiful thing to watch because of the and just just how vigo talks how he's taken on that uh, that italian Af- american um uh you know bronx or queens type type uh, sounding to his voice is is phenomenal it's crazy because he's not normally like that he's like well you're busting my balls you know it's really it's 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 deep it's he really really into it and um the one of the funniest scenes i do like is the kfc scene because i've once again he's <laughs> he's like eating kentucky fried chicken in kentucky he's like when does that ever happen so they go get some and of course Dr. Shirley's in the back and he's just like, oh no, I don't, I don't eat fried chicken. And he's like, what are you talking about? Your people love fried chicken. You love the colored greens. And he starts saying all that stuff. And I'm like, oh man, there's no, he's got no filter, this guy. So he just comes out and says it and he just forces him to take a bit of chicken from him. And then, and watching, watching, I mean, so watching the actor try to pretend like he's never had a good bit of KFC while while acting it's hilarious because he's he's like he's like elegant about how he's trying to eat it <laughs> it's hilarious so it's just like normally you just grab him well he's he's got his lips all tucked back and his teeth are out and he's trying to like just eat it and then he's and he's just like what do we do with the bones and then Vigo's just like oh we do this and he winds down the window and he just throws it out the window he's like, hey throw it out the window it's no problem and of course um Shirley's just like Oh, so he has a smile on his face. So he throws his bone out the window, and they're they're all fun. It's, it's having a great time. <laughs> and then Vigo just grabs his drink, and then just throws that out the window. And then Shirley looks back and just goes, "Uh," and then they cut back to the car, and then it slams on its brakes, reverses up. He's like, "Don't do that, Tony." You pick that up. And he's like, wow, it's like nature. The squirrels are going to come around and take it. What's the problem? It's like, <laughs> it's just like, he just instantly goes back to being prim and proper. And it's it's super funny. So that's the the thing about this this movie. If there was no one else but these two just in a car driving the whole way, you'd still enjoy it because the way these two are on screen chemistry, bouncing off each other, learning from each other, that's what brings that's what brings you to the movie. That's what, for me, yes, there's the racial side of it and all that. We've watched several movies where that's in it and that comes into play. But, you know, I do like watching a different side of it. Like uh, this was a definitely a different side um, because I haven't seen many movies where African-American of that utmost – actually, no, sorry. I think 12 Years a Slave was one. I think the uh, Chattel Uafors, um character was what like a crazy good violinist um i think it, i'm sure it was in an earlier time though it might have been the 40s i know it's probably 50s as well um i'd have to look that up correct me if i'm wrong but he gets caught up in slave trade and gets traded yet he's this distinguished gentleman like uh, plays for the best of the best but somehow ends up in a slave trade 
in the south and obviously 12 years of slave right so i have seen something like that i guess you could say but in this movie he he just it's like he's just constantly want to play with the white people because he's trying to he's trying to change the country because at the time i think kennedy was in and kennedy was trying to do the same um so it's like they're working in unison together so the more black people that were out there in that time being defiant and standing up for their rights against against the the standard tradition of um the that that it that era that time so the more of them did it the more it helped probably kennedy's cause i guess um you saw a bit of that in the butler i think with um lee daniels the butler with uh forrest whitaker you know um when i think um president kennedy came through you got to see you know that's just what we hear i'm not sure exactly what really went down in the presidential things but he's probably most famous for you know that part and so that's that part doesn't really jump out for me what it is 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 um dr donald shirley becoming um what would you say cultured in his own right learning how to back off this perfect existence that he's he's constructed so that he could fit in with the with the white people um of the south just for this part so it's cool to see him get back to his roots in some ways where he goes into a rinky-dink bar and of course um they've got a, a banged up piano there and it's all jazz and it's got fright it's got really good food and they sit down there but he's all dressed up for this like carnicky hall type thing and obviously everyone's curious to what he could do so they they let him play and i shit you not i believe he is actually playing the piano i didn't really look too much into his bio but i'm pretty sure he is a unbelievable pianist and um because there's no cutaways when he's playing you're seeing a side on view of his fingers just freaking going crazy on the on the on the keys and his feet as well i mean it's just it's amazing i don't know much about that classical kind of stuff i mean i don't you know chopin Tchaikovsky, all the beethoven mozart um i don't know much about that stuff but i know that they are really difficult pieces to play and he puts his spin on some of the classical jazz type stuff that he puts in there so even just for the just for the just for the music is actually a pretty good movie just for that but there's a message in there behind it and i think it's just about uh transformation of two people spending time together it's just it's gonna happen if you're in a car with someone for eight weeks or nine weeks and you're and you're getting paid to do a job well of course it's going to turn into more than that especially at one scene when they ride back home and through the snowstorm there's a real heartwarming scene there i mean i don't give me spoilers away but it's not really a spoiler it's not really spoiler to me is when someone dies and you're like at the end and you tell them that's that's a decent spoiler and this one you know down south when you get pulled over and um, they have what they call a sunset a sunset rule in in one of the one of the i can't remember which town it was but or states but they're driving through the night and then they pull him over you know dr donald shirley's in the back and and he's he's african-american and he's like you can't be out and of course tony lips just like what are you talking about it's like well it's after sunset so you can't be can't be black and out in the night it's like oh uh that's a new a new one that i heard so anyway he didn't understand so of course of course the cop had a bit of a beef with both of them actually it's pouring down rain and it's all rude and 
he's trying to defend Dr. Shirley's honor in a way, but it's not. He's defending himself because the cops sort of basically called him the N word, which I don't want to use, obviously. But he called he called Tony Lip half N, and he just clocks him right hook to the cheek, and then of course they get arrested, and um, cops just like you know whatever this is this is what you do down the south and but as they're screaming to get home before christmas um before christmas morning they hit a snowstorm and obviously they get pulled over now they don't really tell you where they are at this point they're just in the snow and cop pulls them over and they're like oh here we go this is going to happen again we'll keep our cool you know they shine the torch on dr donald in the back of the car and he's like can i help you officer he goes what are you guys doing out here he goes we're heading back to new york for christmas he's like well is there a reason why you pulled us over? And he's like, yeah, your car's leaned to the left, your back tire's flat. So Vigo's just like, ah, starts talking in Italian. And <laughs> and then you, you, you're thinking the worst. Obviously, we are what we just saw earlier on in the movie. You're thinking the worst. But then the cop starts waving traffic on. They change the tire in the snow. The cop's got his lights on there. And it's just like, you know what? There is always going to be good people out there. There's always going to be those ones. Yeah, look, he might have looked like, eh, I still don't, you know, I still was raised with the divide and, and racism and that, but he was still a decent enough man because they weren't doing anything wrong. And there was a black guy and a white guy in a car at night through the snow and they had a flat tire. And at the end of the day, it's still in you to be human, even though you were raised to be, you know, racist, I guess you could probably say back in that time. And you're waiting for something to happen, but you know what? He puts, he puts the tire on, they hop in the car, Cop says to Dr. Don on the back, Merry Christmas, sir. And he's like, Merry Christmas to you, officer. In that, in that, that staunch kind of uh, well, well, just well-spoken voice. And then Vigo's like, yeah, Merry Christmas. Thank you, officer. And they drive off and it's sort of like, how about that? You know, I know it's got nothing. They don't, I don't know if it's the Christmas spirit thing that they're trying to push across you on the movie, but it just gives you that heart, heartwarming thing. And you know that, there was a moment where the movie you thought was going to be, you know, the second act where they get in, in, in jail, like they normally, something bad happens and then they've got to rectify it at the end of the movie to make it sort of, you know, but it's a true story. So it's just what happened. So, and the end couple of scenes, um, it was great. I, I just thoroughly enjoyed it. it. made me feel like, you know what, we just need more of that in the world. But as long as I do my part and everyone else does their part, then... You know, that's that's it. So if you haven't already seen it, Green Book is 100% worth the watch. Uh, there's reasons why they nominate movies like this and all it took was two main actors, uh, well, sorry, a main actor, which is Vigo, believe it or not. Um, I actually thought it would have been the Doctor, but he's not the main actor, he's the supporting and um, Vigo's in there and it's just, it's, it's amazing. Give it a watch. Um, I... I'm, I'm done. That's all I've got to say about that. So as I said, welcome to the new year. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. I'll be back with another one probably next couple of days. So um, yeah, have a listen. Tell me what you think. Chat to you guys later. Bye-bye.